0: Welcome, everybody, to the Elevated Edge podcast. For today's episode, I'm bringing on a good buddy of mine, teammate, and current NFL wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, Austin Trammell. It's great to have you on the show, Tram. Uh What's going on with you, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm excited to be on, on the show with you and uh, get a little insight. Uh, but life's good, man. Just just got picked up by the Rams a few days ago and got here Thursday and been going 100 miles an hour so it's been
0: good yeah and uh like this this podcast is really for student athletes pro athletes trying to learn from you know your experience so I think you're going to have a lot of good insight today because you've played at a high level you train your butt off like you have a lot of stuff that you're going to give people so first I want to talk about your story um where are you from originally and then when did you start playing football
1: yeah. Um, so originally I was born in Alexandria, Louisiana, which is kind of central Louisiana. Um, moved around Louisiana for a good amount of years until um, my dad got offered a job in Houston when I was almost nine years old. So I then moved to Houston um, and I was there the rest of the time. Um, my dad's a pastor, so he's been, we went to a bunch of different churches in Louisiana and then got a, a call from a, a great church in Houston, and, uh, he's been there ever since, and, so, yeah, man, just, uh, it's been a, it's been a journey, but, um, I'd say, uh, moving at eight, nine years old was probably a good time for me, um, just because once I made that move is when I really started creating those great friendships with, um, some guys I had in my neighborhood and going to school with, um, where a lot of people move in middle school or high school and it's, it's tough because you create all those friends and then you move and you have to start all over. Um, so I moved at a really good time um, where I could really create some great long-lasting relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's been good, man. I, I love Houston. Uh, that's I call that home now. Um, I'll, I'll probably, my wife and I will end up back there, get a get a house there probably in the next couple years um, just to be close to family and stuff. Uh, but football-wise, man, I, I started playing football since birth. Dude. It was it was the first first thing on my mind, dude, I could, as soon as I could throw a ball or start w- running and walking, man, I was, I was playing sports, I, was, I stayed outside playing. I remember growing up in Louisiana, we had a, a good neighborhood with a bunch of bunch of kids and literally every day, our yard was like the perfect little yard for like a little football field. So every single day after school, we had all the kids in the neighborhood come over and we'd just like pick up tackle football every single day and I remember I was like a little first, second grader, and all the other kids were like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and dude, I was freaking just getting after it, like getting hit, getting tackled by all these older kids, and so I think that's kind of where my competitive edge started with football and my love for the sport, um, but I mean, I grew up playing every sport there is, I mean, I just love competing, and yeah, anything and everything about sports, man, it's always been a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome, man, and definitely i know from you know playing with you being a teammate and competing against you in practice like every day i know how gritty of a player and that's why i really want to bring you on just because like you have that presence and respect by so many people so i want to talk about kind of you transitioning from high school what did the recruiting process look like for you and then let's talk about rice and what that looked like
1: yeah so recruiting was is pretty tough um being a small white guy, like, not blazing fast or anything, like, it, it was hard to get looks, um, so a big part of, of my recruiting was going to those camps, because um, I didn't have a lot of notoriety out of high school, I didn't have a lot of, um, like, I did really well in high school, and had great film, great stats, um, but still just didn't have the, the notice that I thought I should have had um, coming outside, so but I went to those camps, and Like, I balled out, I I ran decent 40s and never, I don't think I ever, I don't think I got covered one time in any of those camps in one-on-ones or in seven-on-seven or any of the the drills we did. And that's kind of when I started to get noticed and I started to get offers, Uh, but even still the offers were slim and few. Um, My first offer was HVU, uh, which is just a hometown team, Um, and then SFA came around, which they're both FCS schools. And then finally, I went to the Rice camp, and ran a great, ran my best 40 I ever ran. I think I ran a like a four or five flat there, and um, had did great drills. And actually, George Nyqual was there, um, and I remember they already they had already offered him, and, and uh, he'll he'll be glad. I bet he remembers this. But I was toasting him in one on ones, and uh, that's kind of when I got interest from Rice, and, and they offered me out after that camp. Uh, And then I went to my senior season in high school and was going crazy. Like the first four games, I had 10 receiving touchdowns, like was just going off uh, that season. And in the fourth game, had three touchdowns in the first half. The first drive of the second half ran a shallow across the middle and caught kind of high and outside, jumped up, caught the ball. And a, a linebacker came from the other side, hit me, and I snapped my leg in half. Boom, just like that. Season over. Um, I thought, like, my career was done. I thought, like, they would take my scholarship from me. Um, Didn't think I was going to get to play baseball that spring because that was my other sport uh, that I played in high school. So it was a really dark time, really hard time. But thankfully, Coach Bailiff, who was the head coach there, recruited me, and um, he said, like, whenever we offer people, we, like, stick to our word and and honor that offer. So they stuck with me, which I'm eternally grateful for Coach Bailiff and that staff. Um, Coach Stewart, who... Who recruited me there, um, Stewart with a T? Um, and so they they held on to me, man. And I remember I worked my butt off uh, trying to get back from that injury, and was ended up able to play baseball my senior season, um, and became better than I was before just through going through rehab and working my tail off just to get back. And um, so that, but that breaking my leg kind of stopped all recruiting for me because the senior season I was having I was like I thought I was going to get bigger offers after that until I broke my leg um, but it's all it all happened for a reason obviously like I'm I'm grateful for it um, and Rice was definitely where I was supposed to be so it was um, it sucked but at the same time it um, definitely a blessing uh, in disguise and was able to, to fight back and I played my freshman year at Rice which I thought I for sure was going to have to redshirt after that but um, I came back better than before and ever look
0: back yeah and that that's incredible that you're you know able to come back persevere you know with rehab recovery all that like that's something an athlete you have to deal with like you're gonna get injured at some point so making sure you have your head on straight staying focused with the whole goal i think that was a big takeaway for athletes listening i I now want to talk about your rice career like very successful you made a ton of plays ton of touchdowns uh I, I don't know you were all conference multiple times uh i know your first team all conference have a bunch of accolades stuff like that like um can you reflect at all with your experience at rice and then what is your favorite memory non-football related from rice
1: <laughs> yeah um so i, I was uh, all conference all four years at rice um but freshman year, actually, like, I didn't really – I only had four catches at receiver. I didn't play very much receiver just being a freshman and uh, kind of being the low man on the totem pole. But I played a lot of special teams, and I was the kick and punt returner my freshman year, um, which was a big deal coming in as a true freshman, uh, to be trusted with that responsibility. And uh, I had really great stats in kick return and great stats in punt return and was able to get um, all-conference kick returner and then also um, – all-conference freshman team so that was that was a big deal for me um, and something I was really proud of and then that was the year the coaching staff change happened so I have my first season with coach Bailiff and that staff and then coach Bloomgren came in and brought his staff in for the for my next three years Um, and that's kind of whenever I started to develop as a receiver and got to play kind of be that key role at receiver Um, and that's that's when I started making a lot of plays like that's that's what I truly am as a, a slot receiver and um I mean every year I had great stats and uh, explosive plays and just was very consistent receiver for our team um and, and in the conference so I was able to get some sort of all-conference accolade every year through that um and it, it was fun because kind of when bloom Bloomberg came in it was restarting the program and it was it was cool to be um, a leader and someone so involved with changing a program and starting from scratch and kind of creating the culture um, of that team, and I think it shows kind of the growth our team has made over the past couple years, and it was cool to be a part of that, Um, and that was kind of my whole goal, um, being there was to try to grow that team, grow the culture, and, and change Rice University football for the better. Um, and I think I was able to do that, and hopefully, the uh, the hard work pays off in these next couple years. And um, but it, I mean, I loved Rice, loved Rice football. It was, it was tough, um, not winning many games, but I'm at the end of the day, I'm grateful for it because like it, it made me a tougher football player, it made me mentally tougher, um, and made me a better leader at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think um,
1: so I, I'm I'm so grateful for that. Um, and then, but also, like one of my one of my favorite things about Rice was our strength and conditioning program with uh, Hans Drop. Uh, I love that man. He's a he's still one of a great mentor to me and, and someone I, I stay in touch with all the time. Um, but just his philosophy and how he created culture and his leadership really impacted me as a player and as a leader. Um, and just my one of my favorite things is his early morning summer workouts when we'd be running for days. It seemed like. Uh, but I, I love that, man. I love the the grind of getting up every day and having to just run your butt off and then lift hard. Um, and I think it, it made our team closer. It made, like, that brotherhood closer just, just to go through that suffering together um, and to get up and know you have a challenge in front of you every day and you had to physically push yourself, mentally push yourself just to get through it. Um, and, and having that competition that he would have where you earn points by getting first. Like, he'd video everything and... and first place would get this many points, second place this many points, however, or whatever it was. Uh, and he would add it all up in the beginning. And I stopped by Rice the other day and, and they bumped up the competition. They have trophies now mm-hmm. and like, all this cool stuff.
0: No, um, no, man, and they, I don't know if you've seen the, the Players Lounge too. It's super nice in there. They have, like, bunk beds and uh, reclining mm-hmm. chairs and everything. Uh, but I do want to mention that our uh, summer like conditioning, the competition. We both came in first and second. I don't know if you remember that. Um so there was some I good good yeah. competition. I
1: think, yeah. We always die. I remember uh what was it like the the competition day where we did like you would literally go against one person the whole day mm-hmm. and you would just do drills a drill circuit and they would literally mark down every win and loss. Yeah. It. That was sick. I remember we I don't think we ever went against each other in that but you yeah. we were the one person I wanted dude. Yeah. We, that was that was some fun time. Um but yeah, no, I loved Rice, man, and and that was a good team. Uh, a lot of good, great relationships made that I'll I'll carry on for the rest of my life. Um, guys like you, of course, in um, great competition. And um, I, I was looking on my phone the other day at a couple of clips of one uh, and ones. just like
0: probably cooking me.
1: No, no, no. But I, I remember I I made a one handed catch on somebody and then I spun the ball right in front of them and like just stupid stuff bro but it, it was a blast I man. I, I loved every moment of it um and I think the lessons learned and the the trials and and that we went through man made me such so much of a better football player so much better leader for sure um, so don't don't definitely don't take for granted those hard moments because they they truly make you better um in so many ways of your life and you grow from it and um it's definitely something that is a blessing later on I know it's hard in the moment but it's a blessing later on um but on a lighter note, probably my not the best memory outside of football at Rice <sighs> had a lot of them. But I'd say uh, probably our house um, we lived at called the Lat Cave. Um, I had so many good memories there, um, just with with the guys who lived there and and just the the family we created at that house, and just it, we just always had good times there and and great stories of just hanging out like having deep conversations and uh, just making memories with those guys but so that's probably my my favorite part of it
0: yeah that's awesome man and I, I think that we haven't really talked enough about your leadership and like your leadership really meant something to the team like you had a commanding president presence with everybody like when you spoke people listened and like if you're trying to be a leader like you i I don't know like there there's just so many qualities that you had that just made you successful so like make sure you guys are paying attention to this right now because man he he's got a lot of gems but so i I do want to ask you real quick because basically so you're leaving rice and or you know you're transitioning out of rice and you actually get you know engaged married what uh, do you have any relationship advice for anybody out there? You know, that's gonna take that next step and wants to, uh, you know, make a real, you know, life commitment.
1: Yeah, so I married uh, Katie, my wife, uh, over a year and a half ago, um, right out of college. Well, really, it was my last semester we got married. Um, but I mean, it was it's the greatest decision I've ever made. Like, she's my best friend. Like, uh, my biggest supporter. Like, she means everything to me. Um, and we got married really young, which a lot of people don't do. But, I mean, I, I knew from the start that she was, she was the woman for me and um, the best decision I've ever made, man. And she's, uh, she's been a huge key factor in, in my journey and my, uh, even my football journey and my career. Like she, She's been my biggest supporter. Uh, and I think a big part of it is she understands my passion and what I'm made to do. And I also understand her passion, what she's made to do. She's a, a a teacher. She was a kindergarten teacher in Houston, and now she's a first grade teacher in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and so, like, I encourage her. I support her fully, and I want her to pursue her passion and and uh, do what God's created her to do. And and she gives that same support and love and energy right back to me about football and and uh, what I want to do. So it's it's a sweet relationship and you know, something that I cherish above anything else, man. And uh, definitely I think the the love and support is is a key role um and we push each other to be to be the best we can be and um to impact people with what we do um, yeah and that's kind of our whole role.
0: that's awesome man and so now let's talk quickly about like your NFL experience I know you trained with uh Micah Swanson and I actually When I released this, you guys have probably already listened to Micah's episode, which is earlier, and uh, you kind of gave us the blueprint for how you did Pro Day and everything like that. So, can you talk about, you know, you balled out at Pro Day? You jumped a 40 inch vertical, ran a good 40, 21 on bench, 22, something like that, something crazy for a receiver, uh, and just overall had a really good day. Um, And then let's Talk about, you know, your experience with the Falcons and then now you're transitioning to, uh, to play with the Rams.
1: Yeah. So the pre-draft process is wild. Um, it's uh, you come out of college and you get your, your grade um, and you talk to all these scouts. You you go to All-Star Games or whatever. I went to, uh, I don't even remember what the All-Star Games is. CGS? You went yeah, to CGS. C, CGS and dot. Da- CGS, and thank you. <laughs> CGS, I probably should know that, right? Um, CGS, it was in Dallas, and I had so I actually had sports hernia surgery um, December 2nd of 2020, which was our my senior season. It was the COVID season. We only played five games, and I only played three and a half games. Excuse me. I only played three and a half games because um, versus North Texas in the second quarter, I, like, basically ripped my lower abdominal um making a cut and I felt the rip go across my stomach and it was like the worst thing i would ever been in but I I I finished the game and after that I had to decide like do I just wait it out and try and play or do I go ahead and get the surgery and at that point I I knew I was going to declare for the draft after that um I kind of had made up my mind and already prepared like this was going to be my last season um, and it was tough because it was COVID, so we didn't get to play very many games, and then also on top of that, I got hurt, so I got to play even less games, uh, but was able to put a really good film up that season, In um, those three and a half games, like I did really well, and I just felt like it was time, and the sports hernia made it tough um, to decide whether to come back or not, And but I'd already made up my mind, and I just said, you know what, I'm gonna go for it, and I'm gonna rehab as hard as I can, and try and come back better kind of very similar to my senior year in high school when I broke my leg um, and so I had surgery and did all the, all the rehab which sports training is usually like six weeks of rehab before you can really start to get after it again um, and I remember uh, Dee who is now the head trainer at Rice um, which I'm so happy for her she kind of ran my uh, therapy and stuff and like she's amazing did a great job really pushed me to um kind of get back quicker than i was supposed to um and so that, that was tough that was a lot of pain a lot of stretching a lot of really painful rehab to to go through and to try to be prepared for a pro day and four months after that um but obviously the people i had really helped me uh and man my whole like my whole life revolved around training um, and getting back to it. And Micah played a huge role. Coach, Coach Hans played a huge role, and um, just lifting and, and training. And so, literally, it was all I did was train and eat good, sleep good. Um, and Katie played a huge role in supporting that. Uh, she was teaching at the time. And but to get kind of back to the process, yeah, I went to the All Star game and all I could do was do interviews with scouts. So literally spent the whole day just interviewing with every team, um, and just telling them who I am as a person, as a player. And, uh, so that kind of started the, the relationships with teams and the connections to make. And then after that, I was just trained as hard as I could, uh, to be ready for the pro day. And, uh, actually had to do my pro. I was the only one who declared I'm um, at rice. I was the only one from rice who was doing a pro day. So I went over to U of H, uh, to do a pro day with them, uh, which I'm grateful that they let me do that. And man, my whole, my whole mindset was to take over that pro day and to make it my pro day. Even though it was at U of H, I was like, no man, this is my day. And uh, I was, my whole goal was to to be the best at every single drill there, um, to beat everybody. And basically that's what, that's what happened. And uh, I remember it was, it was all preparation. Like, I think that's the biggest key Um, With anything, but especially something like that when it's like a one-day event uh, The preparation was was huge. I remember we had a trial pro day with Coach Hans and basically I did everything I was gonna do that day and Had everything lined up had all the gear I needed had all the warm-up tools. I needed um, and It it worked out man. I went to that pro day and and performed really well and it's because I wasn't even nervous I was I was prepared like I remember I got up at four AM, went to Rice facility, got in the hot tub, did all my stretches, did like all my warm ups, then uh, ended up going going to U of H, did all my warm ups, did like did everything exactly how I prepared to do, and then just at the end of the day just did what what I trained for and uh it worked out, man. I every drill I did I was my PR and that's that's rare. Um like usually training like you have good days and you have bad days. Um but it all ended up to that moment and ended up performing better than I ever ever have in any of the drills. Um, so it was really fun and exciting day. Uh, and it, it, it created a lot of buzz with the NFL scouts. I actually had a workout with the Texan last week and I was talking to one of their scouts and he's like, dude, I still think about your pro day all the time. Like just how competitive you were, like how like just focused I was and, so it made an impact on a lot of teams. Um, so that kind of bumped my grade and, and notice with those scouts um, to a much higher level. And so going into the, the draft, I was like, shoot, someone might steal me at the end of this thing. Like, so, But at the end of the day, it, it didn't happen. And then after the draft, I had offers from about five teams uh, to sign as an undrafted free agent. And me and my agent... We'd already talked about, like, the list of teams that would be, like, my number one team to go to, number two, number three, number four, whatever. Um, and Atlanta was at the top of my list. And, actually, the Rams were, were second on my list. And um, all pretty much all the teams I had top of my list were the teams that uh, offered me to a free agent deal. Um, and so, thankfully, I got to pick my top team, and that was Atlanta. Um, So that's when I made that transition. Went to rookie mini camp and OTAs, um, which is a stressful time for a rookie. Uh, You're because you're getting thrown into the big dogs. Like it's it's all getting thrown at you at once. You're super nervous because like it's not college. Like you're not offered and you stand there for four years. Like you you get cut any day of the week. Like it is what it is. And so you have to perform. You have to show up. And you have to be prepared. And no one's like babysitting you no one's telling you what to do like it's on you so you have to be a professional um and so just going into to training camp and OT or OTA is really my whole goal was to learn the playbook as fast as I could learn every position that I could um and I think that's what set me apart initially is going in I could play any receiver position any tight end position any running back position like I, I could play it all because I, I learned it so fast um and I just created trust with the coaches and and they were able to put me in when they needed someone. And um, so I was able to get more reps than, than most rookies just because I was able to be, I, I knew what to do. Um, and I was able to make plays, uh, just kind of, I took every practice, every um, workout as as a game, you know, like it was the biggest game I played was was every day. Um, and so I was, I was trying to make plays, and I was able to. And so I, was, I put a good name for myself up in OTAs and going into training camp, uh, I, I was in a good spot to make the team. Um, and unfortunately, going into training camp, training camp's wild, dude. Like, it's all day, every day. Like, that's all you do. It's meetings, workouts, football meetings. Like, eat good, sleep good. And it's It's long it's hard like it's it's not easy at all yeah. um, and it's high pressure because you can get cut at any time and everyone is there is trying to secure their job um, and feed their family so like when you think of it that way like it's it's intense um, but went in a training camp had a great start to training camp and I think two weeks in uh, I strained my hamstring and mm. that like was a huge blow because like if you get hurt, like you're, it's hard to make the team because you can't practice, you can't be in the game, you can't get film out there. Um, but thankfully, uh, like the way I attacked that injury and, and worked really hard to come back from it, like gave a lot of respect um, from the team and the coaches and the trainers noticed that, and so I had a lot of love there in Atlanta, and and so I got actually. I got released um, about after the second preseason game, just, and I thought it was over, but um, because I built so much respect and and just trust with the coaches and and training staff, they they wanted to keep me around, so they said, look, we're going to release you now. Go home, get your hamstring right, but we want to bring you back for practice squad um, in like a week or two. So, basically, I went home and was stressed out because, like, none of that was guaranteed. But thankfully, they called a week later and was like, hey, we want to bring you in for practice squad. So, thankfully, that gave me time to rest my hamstring and get that right. And then I went back to Atlanta and was on practice squad and was there, man, a part of the team and was on practice squad the whole first year. Um, And it was was an awesome learning experience uh, to find – to get, like, get in – the building like be on the team like understand how it works how it operates how the seasons run uh, and to be able to help those guys win games by practicing and same thing I treated every practice like a game and I want I was out there to going against the one defense trying to make plays and, and make those guys better and ready for the game um, and it was hard being a rookies hard like your your confidence is low um, just because like you go on from being the top dog to be in the bottom of the totem pole and um So it it was definitely some, some hard times in that first season. Uh, but I learned so much about myself, learned so much about football and I'm super grateful for, uh, um, coach Arthur Smith, the head coach, um, just everything he taught me about, about football and his football knowledge, um, and just about being a professional and, and being a great football player. Um, so I, I learned so much from that and was able to progress that whole season that uh, I was able to play the last two games, um, First, the, the Buffalo Bills, my first game. Uh, it was at Buffalo in the freaking pouring, pouring snow. Like, I had never played in snow. I would never played in anything below, like, 40 degrees. And it was, like, 10 degrees. Like, the field was packed with the snow. It was wild. But, dude, that was, like, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Uh, and then got to play against the Saints at home for the final game, um, which was awesome experience, man. It, it's there's It's something about... Running out of that, running out of that tunnel, um, an NFL game, man, like makes your dreams come true. The way you, what I've dreamed about since I was like five years old, man, that's what I've always wanted to do, and um, I was able to do it. So it was, it was really cool. It came full circle, um, and was blessed enough that they signed me to a futures deal after that. So I would stay in Atlanta, um, and then it's just some more adversity came after that, man. I had, uh, hey, eating it had, for
0: breakfast, though. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, more adversity, man, and that spring, um, last spring, I had had a lot of health issues, I had some internal bleeding uh, that I didn't know about, and going into OTAs, starting up, uh, my blood levels were, like, ridiculously low, um, and I didn't know it, I just thought I was sick, or I thought I'd lost it or something, I didn't, I didn't know what was wrong, um, until I got blood work done, and the next day, the doctor called me at like 5 a.m. I was like, hey, you need to get to the emergency room right now. And so, like, I went to the emergency room, got all these blood transfusions um, to get blood back in my body, and then had surgery to to stop the bleeding. Um, and so I was out, all of OTAs, all of minicamp, wasn't able to perform, um, just trying to recover from that surgery. And at the end of it, Atlanta released me, um, which was a tough decision for them. Uh, they didn't want to let me go, but it was just an availability thing, like that's a big thing in the NFL. If you're not available, like, you're not useful to them. Um, And it's a business at the end of the day. It's about numbers, whether, however good your relationships are with those people, like, it's about numbers and it's about what you can do for them um, and what you can do on the field. And so I was released and that was, uh, what, the end of June is when that happened. And so I was, I was at a pretty low point, man. More adversity came. um, But at that point, I was just, being my agent felt good about having another opportunity and so at that point I was just trying to get into another training camp and training trying to get my body back right trying to get my um, kind of conditioning and working out because I wasn't able to do anything when I was after surgery for a long time Um, so I was just trying to get my body right and figure it out and just waiting on a call and that's when I had a, a trial with the Texans which was a week ago and which was a cool experience. Like, I've never been to a tryout, obviously. Um, but it, it was a cool experience. Like, they bring you in, uh, that you get your physicals done, you you work out for, like, 40 minutes of just doing drills, running routes, um, just showing them what you can do and kind of where you're at. Uh, and I had a great tryout. Like, I felt great about it. Like, ran great routes, was fast. Um, felt really good about it, but they ended up signing another receiver who had a lot more experience than I did. Um, and so then I went back home and continued the waiting game, and literally the, the day I got back, um, my agent texted me, and it was like, hey, like, don't get too comfortable, like, you're probably gonna go go have a workout with the Rams in the next couple days, and then, so I was like, dang, okay, um, I guess this this is my life now, just going to different teams and, and trying out, doing workouts to see if I can get in a training camp, and literally five minutes after he texted me, he called me, and he's like, hey, actually, the Rams are gonna sign you, like, right now, and you'll fly out tomorrow morning and so I was like holy cow like this is such a whirl but like, mm-hmm. that's just how this business how this business is man like you don't know when that opportunity is going to come all you can do is be ready for it um, and so I flew out the next day to, to LA and this is, my, this is my fourth day here man and it's been great hey, man, I'm, I'm loving it and uh, trying to learn the playbook as fast as I can um, and it, which is tough because usually you have installs to kind of slowly get a slow drip of the playbook and to understand it step by step. But I've come into it full blast, so I, I'm I'm trying to catch up. And uh, but I've had some good practices and been able to perform. And I mean, I'm, I'm excited to have my first preseason game here Friday or whatever day that is. I don't know when this airs, but. Um, Probably might already happen when this. Airs, yeah, so. this
0: uh, the game will have already played, so you know you're gonna have obviously yeah. five touchdowns, 300 receiving yards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, shoot, let's hope so. Um, but yeah, I man, I'm just trying to take advantage of the opportunity, um, put great film out there, um, practice well, and, and uh, try to make a name for myself on this team and also around the league. Um, just because your film is is your gold, like that's what. Uh, people look that's what teams look at is your film so it'll it'll so I wasn't able to get film last year because I was hurt during preseason um so just trying to stay healthy and, and really perform in in uh, the preseason games uh and do the best I can to make this team and and help this team win at the end of the day um so I'm excited man I'm yeah I'm in a good spot and uh definitely happy to be here and just giving it everything I have every day
0: for sure man and like Obviously everybody just listened to just your whole story you just broke it down like that was really incredible and we're all definitely wishing you the best with this journey with the Rams you're with Elijah Garcia Elijah actually came on the show and he has the most views for uh the podcast so far on on YouTube it has like 130 oh, yeah. or so views so um you guys oh, yeah. should definitely check I that out
1: i thought you were gonna talk about
0: his uh viral video oh yeah yeah yeah. he got if you guys seen too he got he was the guy that got choked out by aaron donald that one went pretty viral i uh yeah i i made sure to text him as soon as i seen that and he's like he said he has to do it every day pretty much because he he's like the uh the young guy of the group so you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what happens so yeah but anyway man uh really appreciate you just dropping a lot of gems there's a lot of takeaways obviously grit hard work stay in the course you've been injured before you came back you've had opportunities you've been at the top you've been had lows like you've been everywhere you've seen it all you know what i'm saying so i think that gives a really good interview for athletes wanting to get to the next level that need that extra kick in the butt to keep going so I think that call to action, like, there's just so much to it. So we're going to go to the yeah. exit and, interview
1: of oh, what? Uh, no, if, if you don't mind, I have uh, just kind of to go off that. Um, I think a big part of kind of like a call of uh, the big call to action uh, that you talked about. Um, I think really the biggest thing is just going to work every day. You know, it's, it's a consistent, like, get up, get better every single day it's it's not all at once it compounds as you go more and more the consistency of it um, so I think if you're in that rut the only thing you can do is get up and go to work because um, you're going to have lows you're going to have highs but the one consistent thing is is the work you put in and that's what's going to at the end of the day is the success that you're going to have is because of that work you put in
0: that's awesome um, and that's- you don't know when
1: the opportunity comes but you got to be ready for it because you don't know when it's going to be
0: yeah that's really good man yeah, you got me pumped up. I'm ready to run through a brick wall now. Um, so now we'll go to the exit interview questions. So first one is, what is your favorite book or podcast?
1: Yeah. Um, shoot, I actually got the book over there. Uh, the book I'm reading right now, which I really like, uh, it's called Endure. It's uh, it's kind of about uh, this guy named Cameron Haynes. Um, he's a professional bow hunter slash uh, ultra marathon runner and it's just kind of, it's about his journey and his life, and uh, the big thing is, like, he was a nobody and, like, just an average person, and, but the work that he puts in has made him above average, and, like, he, he runs a marathon a day, like, which is ridiculous, like, no one does that, um, and just, like, his his passion is, is what he, what drives him and, and what makes him consistent, and it's all about his work ethic and his whole thing is—it's called keep hammering. Like, no matter what happens, no matter what you're going through, just keep hammering. Um, and so, like, I love his book so far. I'm, I'm a little over halfway done, uh, but it's just about his grind and and um, how he—it never stops. Like, he never has an off day because he—he if he hasn't if he takes a day off, like he's going to be average because he's an average person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes him above average and excellent is his his grind and his work um, that he puts in. So. It's definitely, uh, fitting to, to be reading that right now and something that I take a lot of inspiration. in.
0: Yeah. I'll definitely, uh, I'll put the, put it in the show notes so you guys can go read about it, purchase it on Amazon. I'll definitely have to check it out myself. Sounds really interesting. So second question is what is the most important thing in order to be successful?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound redundant here or repetitive, but, uh, I mean, it's the work at the end of the day, uh, um, like most people try to find a good balance, but at the same time, like, to be great, man, you, you got to do what others aren't willing to do, um, and a lot of people aren't willing to put the work in that needs to be put in, like, Kobe's a great example of it, like, Mamba mentality, like, that dude, um, his workout routine, like, his dedication, his perseverance was higher than most and that's the reason why he was so great um is the work he put in and it's it never stops man it's it's continues on every day um and like whenever you're sitting on the couch and you don't feel like doing nothing you probably should do something Mm -hmm. you know um it's it's uh you always have like there's there's plenty of time in the day um to be doing stuff like there's you spend so much time wasting on your phone, watching shows, doing stuff that doesn't help you um, grow. And so it's really about priorities and, and what you care about. If you care about football and you care about making it to the next level, then you got to put the work in. And it starts right now. It doesn't start tomorrow. It doesn't start next week. It starts now. Um, so whatever you're doing, like you got to get up and you got to prepare uh, and make a plan and stick to it. mm mm-hmm. uh, love it and that's I think that's the that's the biggest thing you gotta you gotta do
0: love it man hey I, I know you firsthand too like you're absolute workhorse and like there's not many people that work like you man so and you're obviously reading good uh you know keeping up in, with material and stuff that just keeps feeding the mind to make sure you keep going so I, I think that's really good and besides training and football uh do you have any other hobbies that you like to do
1: yeah, uh, I'd say like my biggest escape from just football and, and, and that work and that grind is, is golf, man. I love the golf. Uh, it's kind of like my getaway, it's, it's peaceful, it, it's competitive, um, and it's something like that you're never gonna be great at. Um, so it, it's, it always keeps you coming back because you could always be better. You could always um, have a better shot, have a better swing. Um, you could always be practicing and, and getting better at it. So, man, that's, that's what I love. It's, it's fun to do with your boys. Um, having a good time, just out on the golf course, out in the, um, out, being outside in, in a, a, a beautiful place, and so that's, that's what I love to do. Um, other than that, man, I just hanging hanging out with Katie. She, yep. she's my best friend, man. We we just love being together and, and spending time together, and um, so those, those are my my two big ones. Katie's first, golf second. Make sure you know. That.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure uh, we say this right uh, right now. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I- <laughs>
0: i've heard though you actually are like really good at golf i don't know you know i i don't i'm i don't golf myself i'll go with uh yeah. claire to the driving range occasionally or mini golfing but i'm not much of a yeah. big golfer myself
1: yeah no it goes in waves in the off season i, I get pretty good because um, i'm able to play a lot more but in season i don't really play at all mm-hmm. uh unless it's like rarely on an off day maybe but um out of season off season i, I play quite a bit and yeah
0: i can go pretty low that's awesome man so uh this this question might be hard because uh you don't really have social media i know you have like an instagram account um but i'm not sure like you know maybe there's somebody out there that wants to reach out to you or just follow your journey where is the best place for them to find find you or reach out to you at
1: yeah so i don't i don't have social media um i gave that up about five years ago um just because it's a distraction and uh kind of takes away from from my focus um but i do have an instagram account i didn't for a while but i brought it back for whenever i was in the whole draft process which katie my wife runs my instagram account which i don't even even have it on my phone uh but yeah my 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 instagram is at austin trambleton um all one word, all, all lowercase. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to give me a follow, I don't post very often, but uh, I need to start posting more. But that's, that's the best way to kind of follow me in, in, uh, in my journey. Uh, yeah. And you can anyone can reach out, man. I, I'd love to talk to you, love to give you any piece of advice or anything I can to help you out. Um, it might take me a little bit to get to get back to you, um, but, my, but Katie will let me know uh, if you message me and uh, I'll, uh, I'll respond.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I I respect that too because, like, really for myself, I only – uh first of all i just started uh instagram up but really claire's running it for me um just because i'm doing the podcast i'm trying to do some like creative content from you know releasing yeah. ebooks and stuff so like i'm really trying to build a brand right now but i wouldn't use it unless like literally it was just for football out of coming out of high school with uh twitter like that's really only why yeah. i use social media so i'm not big into social media myself but uh definitely feel you man and it was just a pleasure having you on the show you're you're that guy you're a brother for life i love you man so thank you for dropping a ton of knowledge to, for everybody today
1: absolutely i appreciate it um love you too dude like you're, you're a big part of my life as well man and you always be a brother for sure but i really appreciate you uh, inviting me on and being able to have this platform so appreciate
0: it yeah of course and for everybody listening make sure you guys like comment share subscribe do all that uh you guys share austin's story today i think there's just a ton of takeaways for all athletes out there i brought him on because i knew he was going to come and drop gems on so uh thank you guys for tuning in and then also you can find my contact information in the show notes as well as austin so you guys take care and until next time